Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Unprofessional Athletes. We're really excited about our episode today as we are talking about the 2023 NFL Draft. To be completely transparent, myself and Cindy and Gerilyn know nothing about the draft. Zero. So when we were recording this episode, we were very in it because we had, we had no background knowledge. Our guest with us today, his name is Michael Messer. He is a teacher at Zion Benton. Yes. And essentially he just grew up being an athlete. His family, I think, grew up coaching. So football was just always on in his house. He played it growing up also. So that kind of drives his interest in the draft. Yeah, I do love, um, with football, I just do love that it's such an iconic sport and it brings these families together and it's something that multiple generations can share. You know, he's a young guy, but for a young guy, he knows a lot Mm -hmm. and it's just because he loves it. So you can, you can totally tell when he's talking, it's like just a natural passion for him. But I I do love the fact that he shares it, you know, Mm multi-generationally. And I see that in my own family too. You know, there are just some sports sports where it's just easy for everybody to kind of buy in. So here are Gerilyn and Cindy with Michael Messer. Enjoy. Athletes. Welcome back, everybody. This is Unprofessional Athletes. I'm Cindy. And I'm Gerilyn. And today we're going to be talking about the NFL draft, a topic which I literally know less than zero about. Gerilyn did do a little bit of cheating and did a little teeny tiny bit of research, so she'll know more than I am. Um, Today we have Michael Messer. This is actually the first time that we're talking and meeting Michael. So why don't you give us a little bit of a background, like how you how you came about all this great knowledge and just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, well, I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. I grew up my entire life. My all my entire family were, were coaches. Every, every single person in my family was a coach. Um, I was around sports my entire life and I would come home from Sunday school every Sunday with the Bears game on sitting next to my dad just staring at the TV. So I, I played football for probably 15 years, played college football. Uh, at Hope College. I, I coach now at Hersey High School. And are you are you one of those guys that is like just delving into data and statistics and you know everybody out there? So I would say I do know everybody out there. I know, uh, you know, the young and new old players. I wouldn't say I dive, dive, delve into statistics. Don't look into it too much because I actually love the game. Like I just love watching the game and people who are good at the game. And I wouldn't even say I'm a, I'm a big fan of a certain team anymore. Obviously, I'll, I'll still pull for the Bears, but you know, I, I just love, I love football. Like I used to hate the Packers when I was a little kid, uh, you know, when, when the Packers are good, I'll watch them. Whoever's, whoever's playing well, I like to watch. So I just like the game. When is the NFL draft? I probably should know that. And somebody who's an expert on all this stuff, but um, it's the Thursday. It's the, the main important thing you need to know. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, and Thursday is the most important day by far. I'm assuming that's when your best players are going. That's when the first round, first round yeah. players are all picked. So, yeah. yeah. And my husband did tell me it was in Kansas City. Is it always in Kansas City? No. So that's a good question. So forever, the the, the draft, I believe, if I remember correctly, it was in New York City. It was always in New York City. Um, and then they started rotating it a couple of years ago because essentially what the NFL has done is make any, everything into 
a moneymaker. So now it's a, it's a big production. It's a big show. I think even Sunday they have stuff, you know, like the extra players don't get drafted. They, they, they have a show on who gets signed after that. So yeah, it's a whole big production thing now. So they move it around, get new venues, get new people to come. So, and can the public go or is it just, you you can literally buy buy tickets. tickets. Like it's a game. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like it's a sports game. You go on whatever app you can look up NFL draft might be sold out by now, but you definitely can, anyone can go. They had it in Chicago a couple of years ago. I had some friends who I was in college at the time, but they were around and they, they went to the draft, which is cool. That is very cool. Mm-hmm. That'd be a great event. Maybe we'll have to sign up for that. No, I definitely don't want to go. Oh, we might want to <laughs> go. You never know. No, I don't want to go. Um, okay. So just a couple of basics before we get started. So first of all, how many teams are there in the NFL? How many yeah. teams are going to be drafting? Yeah. So there's 32 teams and the way the draft is, is picked, how you get your picks um, is they go reverse order of your record or winning percentage, I should say. Um, so whoever had the worst winning percentage, so who won the least games, gets the first pick. Oh, that and that I think might have been reverse, the Bears this year. Is it the which Bears was this year? Exactly, the Bears. Oh, we're, <laughs> so, so, we're so proud. Yeah, we, we got the first, and it was actually a big thing because we didn't have the first pick the whole season. Another team was worse. In the last game of the season, a team threw like a Hail Mary touchdown. They won the game, and so then we got the first pick. So it, uh, it was pretty crazy. It came down to the last second. Uh, which is a big deal because the Bears got a lot of compensation for it. They, they traded it and they got a lot of valuable picks for it. Yeah, I'm going to be asking about that later. Okay, yeah, so it goes sure. in the reverse order. Um, I wonder if that other team, I wonder if people are like mad that they ended up winning because if Absolutely, they had Absolutely, just... they were. Yeah, the, the fans oh. of the team and stuff. Yeah, there were people who were very mad about it. <laughs> yeah, you might as well just lose the game, right? Because then yeah. you can at least get the first pick as your for season's sure. already a mess. That's part of the issue with football is other sports, they call it tanking, where teams will stop trying to try to get a good pick. Uh, in football, it's kind of possible because football is such a hard tough sport where you're hitting each other that if you don't try you'll hurt yourself so no one can really tank and so that's kind of the issue is that like you can't not try to to win right interesting so did that team get the second pick then they got the second pick the texans yeah people thought they were going to try to trade with us and we ended up trading with a different team so all right so 32 teams and how many picks do they get total that's a good question so it's set up where every single uh, team gets one pick for seven rounds so you get so it's like the same thing go over again, right? So if I had the first pick in the draft, I also have the 33rd pick in the draft and then the 64th. Is that right? I'm not a math teacher. <laughs> I'm <just a> teacher. <laughs> um, so you get, you pick until there's seven, so there's seven rounds. And then, so for example, like the last team in the uh, last team, this will be the chiefs because they won the Super Bowl. They get the last pick in the draft. So they'll have the last pick of the whole draft. Gotcha. But what happens on top of this is what gets complicated is over the late years, what you can do is every year you can trade picks. Teams will trade like two, two, you know, a seventh and a sixth for a fifth and this and that. And there's so many trades that if you looked at the draft nowadays, it would be a whole jumbled order because everyone owes each other picks. And they have that all logged off in like NFL.com and stuff. If you really wanted to look in who traded what picks, nobody really has their original pick anymore, which is kind of funny. Do they do that years out or is that something that you just do the current year? That's also an awesome question because some leagues do it differently. For the NFL, I believe it's three years. So you can oh. trade three years a- ahead, but you can't trade farther than that. Yeah. Uh, and so, for example, the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, they traded all of their first round picks for the next three years and all their second. So they had like no picks, but they got a bunch of good players and they won the Super Bowl. So that's kind of the risk that you take. They don't have any picks this year. They don't really have any good picks next year. So they're kind of stuck right now. Could you literally have no picks? Like you can give away your picks? In theory, you could have no, but there's there's so many 
And usually in trades, you get picks back. Sometimes, like if you trade a good player, you'll get like a seventh, and a, like they'll give you a bunch of like like low picks. So some teams have like 15 picks probably this year. Sorry, who does the negotiation? Yeah, so there's an owner for the team. And so the owner's job is technically run the entire team. And then what they usually do, most teams do this, they hire someone called a general manager. And they're essentially, they hire the coaches, they hire the players technically, uh, they hire anybody else inside the organization, the general manager, <clears throat> that's their job. Are they usually um, ex-players? Usually, no. However, in the past, I want to say three to four, maybe even five years, some more ex-players have been hired. And the Bears last year just hired an ex-player. And people are seeming to like him. So are these guys going around during the year looking at players and kind of recruiting? There's technically no recruiting in the NFL. However, you'd be lying if you wouldn't say like players aren't friends with each other and tell each other to, to come to teams. But the people who actually decide who's on each team is the player and the GM. And the GM has to offer him and his agent usually a contract. And if they sign off on it, they can be on the team. The players who are not in college, the GM, yes, will be calling agents and saying, hey, we have a spot for this much money. Is your guy interested? You're not allowed to do that with guys who are on a team at the moment. So you have to wait until like there's a period of time right before the draft. I think it opened up maybe like a month ago that you can start calling guys. But during the season, you can't do that because you're on a team. You're locked in with that team. Right. But after the season, you can start recruiting, I guess you could call it. The other question, actually, I'll add on top of this because this is another part of it, is the college part where, yes, they're literally driving and flying around the whole entire country, going to college games, watching college players, and trying to figure out who they're going to pick. All right. So for the draft... It's, is it just college players or is it anybody? It could it be, do you have to go to college? Could you be a high school player? You have to have at least one or two years removed from high school to join the professional football or professional basketball. I believe basketball is one year removed, football is two. So you have to be out of high school for two years to be able to play professional football. They technically don't have to draft college football players. But I'm going to guess 99.999% of them have been college football players because that's the best. That's the second best league in the world is, is our college football league in America. So. so then how many college kids get selected to be drafted? You said that there are 32 teams and there are seven 32 rounds. times seven. Yeah, 32 yeah. times seven. So 224. There it is. 224. It's actually kind of sad what, what they did in the past. They named the last pick in the draft. So if you get the last pick in the draft, there's a name for it. The name is pretty bad. I'll tell you in a second. It's pretty sad. They actually give the guy a award nowadays, and I think they give him a truck or something. They give him something for it, but they call it Mr. Irrelevant. So if you're oh. if you drafted last, you're Mr. Irrelevant. Um, and funny enough, last year's Mr. Irrelevant was a quarterback, the 49ers pick, and all their quarterbacks got hurt. So he had to play in the playoffs and actually won a game for him in the playoffs. So it's just kind of cool. <laughs> First time that's really ever happened. So do you have to get invited to be in the draft or is every college player eligible for the draft? And then you just have to see if anybody or do you know you're in the draft and that you're probably going to get picked? Like I said, anybody who is anybody in the world who is two years removed from high school is eligible for the draft. Right. So like they could draft me and you right now. So they could draft any college player who's two years removed. Most kids, if they're not good enough, say they're on the fringe, right? They're after their second year. They think they can get better. They're going to stay in college. They'll purposely put out and say, I am not declaring for the draft. Once you get drafted, you cannot go back to college. You're, you're, you're a professional athlete. But if you think you're going to get drafted high, you get paid a lot of money, but you get drafted in the sixth round, they don't get paid as much money. 
they could be hurting. So that's kind of the, the risk that you take when you declare for the draft. Do these kids have no clue who's going to draft them or are they going to be in negotiations with a team that they're just surprised? Like they're in negotiations with three teams and then they're just going to see who picks them. You ask former players and they say, oh, I thought this team, I thought that team, but then this team picked. Like it just, it seems to be a total random crapshoot. So what the process is, is once players declare for the draft, they invite the best ones. They have all these evaluators, all these people who work for the NFL, and they just watch the NFL the whole season, or sorry, the college season the whole year, and they pick the best, I don't even know, 200, 300 players in the entire country, and they do this thing called a combine, where they literally run them around in circles and run them and jump and, and lift and see how big and strong and fast they are. Um, they'll also ask them questions, kind of quiz them around and see how much they know football as well. And so during that, certain teams will pick specific players to actually meet with. So like, like you say, negotiations, I wouldn't say negotiation is the right word just because there's no giving and taking. There's no like, um, we'll give you this if you come here. There's no decision like that. But they talk about what their, you know, what their, their team is about and why this person would maybe fit in their, on their team and, you know, why they, they like their game or maybe don't like their game. So after that, uh, what they'll do is they'll have a couple more months of something called a pro day where each college that has a bunch of pro players at that college, which you could probably name Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, things like that. They have days where they have more combine type drills and do they'll do the same thing. Big circle, calling, whatever. And so by the draft, everyone thinks you go on NFL ESPN, you watch everyone thinks this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And then more often than not, just crazy chaos and change and all this. Like, for example, how the Bears got their quarterback, Justin Fields. Nobody mm-hmm. thought that was going to happen. That wasn't supposed to happen. I was on a flight and I got off the flight. I look at my phone and I was jumping around because the Bears never do anything cool. And I was <laughs> like, wow, they're kind of, you know, they did something cool. So um, it's a big, long process. I'll say that. You could have 300 people eligible for the draft, but they're not all going to get picked. Exactly. So then what happens to those kids? Could they get picked up later? Yes. So I I knew that was what you're going to ask. So essentially what happens is everyone who's on the radar of thinking they might get drafted, because obviously if you get invited to the combine and if you had a really good season, like you can kind of tell like if you're big and strong and fast, they have all these numbers, right? If you can hit this number running, you can play in the NFL. If you can bench this, you can maybe play in the right? So if you have all the combination of all these numbers, some of these guys in small schools will make it because they you know, they have the numbers to play, even though they played in a small school, bad league. So the guys who have an idea will be talking to teams, even if they didn't get invited to the combine, some guys are still talking to teams. And all of a sudden, like I said, the Sunday, the next couple of days, there's this huge free for all, all these GMs and these guys are calling all the guys who didn't get drafted because number one, they're cheaper than the guys who did get drafted and you don't have to draft them. So you're actually, this is like probably one of the few times where you're actually are negotiating and teams will try to get these lower key guys on their team. So like, I remember hearing a story of a kid who was from Oakland. Uh, this is when the Raiders were in Oakland and the Lions offered him a, a pretty good money to be undrafted, you know, free agent. And then last second, Oakland offered him less money, but he stayed in Oakland because he's from Oakland and wanted to play for them. That's kind of, that's that happens rarely. Most of the times the guys go to the team that talks to him first or gives them the most money, but only 52 players can be on the team by the next season. So most of these guys, half these guys that get drafted, some of them, they get cut by the time the season even starts. Oh, <laughs> the kids that are drafted will get cut? Even even kids that are drafted get cut sometimes, yeah. Like the seventh round, sixth round. If the first three rounds, four rounds, they usually don't cut those guys for at least a year. They, they try to wait out a year. If you're in the fifth, se- sixth, or seventh round or undrafted, they'll cut you by 
about the season. They only can have 52. They, mm-hmm. they invite 100 people on the team to the start of training camp, oh. and they cut it. They cut 50. Hey, earlier you mentioned salaries. Do you have any sense of what um, a top pick quarterback would get paid right out of college? Right out of college. So what they do in the NFL is that their salary will be a certain kind of lower number compared to a lot of other people in the league. But the higher pick you are, the higher signing bonus you'll get. So some of these guys will get a crazy signing bonus that's more than even their salary. So if I had to guess off the top of my head, I'm going to guess like upwards of $20 million could be one of the the top guys who gets a signing bonus of that. The middle round guys, if you're getting in the millions, that's pretty good. Like quarterback is a lot different than every other position. They get paid a lot more. So like fourth round pick, if you, if you, if players do, they have this, this TV show called hard knocks and they have meetings with the whole team. They film it and they put it on, on TV for us to watch, which is really cool because I've been in a million locker rooms, but seeing an NFL locker room is like the coolest thing to me. These guys are pros, but they'll make all the young guys say their signing bonus. Right. So if there's a first round pick, he'll be like 15 million and the whole team will be like, oh, and they're going crazy. Then they'll ask like the undrafted kid and he'll be like, you know, 300,000. Uh-huh. And everyone's like, ooh, and like stuff because it's <laughs> obviously a lot lower. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's based on where you get picked and how much the team values you. And just to clarify, the kids that were undrafted, did they get a signing bonus at all, do you think? Every single person who plays the NFL gets a signing bonus the first time they sign a team. Then they get a pretty good salary, a minimum salary of like three hundred or four hundred thousand dollars. Not maybe wow. it might actually. The coach I work for, his name's Tom Nelson. He played in the NFL. Uh, it was a lot lower when he played. He was played about ten years ago. It might be because it was around three hundred, four hundred thousand then. I'm gonna guess it's around five hundred or six hundred thousand now. Wow. Is the minimum. So, the, so again, you have to make the team to get that. Right. You have to make right. the team, right. which is the hardest thing. That's the hardest part about the whole thing is making the team. But once you make the team, that's that's what you get paid. Yeah, even if you don't play, you get that much money. Yeah. I would want to be on the team, but not play and just get a paycheck. And then I wouldn't get hurt. Mm -hmm. So that would be my strategy. So besides the backup quarterback, almost everybody on the team plays in the game. And that's because you only have a certain amount of people and there's something called special teams. They put all the backups on that. So you have to, so every single player on the team plays except for the backup quarterback. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> that wouldn't work. Let's do the back quarterback. That'd is there great. a backup kicker? That's what no, I there's not enough spots. Oh, enough spots. I, that's yeah. what I would want to be, the backup kicker. Yeah. Or just the kicker in general. Or I always yeah. thought that that would be a good place. You wouldn't get sure. hurt as much. Yeah, much less brain damage. Sometimes mm-hmm. the kickers are ostracized from the team because everybody else on the team is a football player. And oh. the kicker is, like, not a football player. Oh, that's so <laughs> mean. Also... Quite often football. it comes right down to that final kick. You yeah, win or lose they or participate. Yeah, so exactly. much pressure. So when it when a team loses because of the, the kicker, then the team does not like the kicker a lot of times. Yeah, it does happen. But the good kickers, obviously, they love them. They'll jump on them. They'll, they'll carry them off the field. So that's probably where they get injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good that's a good point. <laughs> so if if you get drafted, can you say I don't want to come to your team? I don't like you. Technically, no. Okay, so there's a few options. The first option is this is rare. Both these two options are rare. This happens extremely rarely. First option is if somehow you are really good at another sport, you could just go play that other sport, which a guy almost did that on the Cardinals. His name's Kyler Murray. And he got drafted by the A's and he got drafted by the Cardinals. Um, and so then he had to pick which one. Everyone knew he was going to pick football, but he kind of he kind of held it against the Cardinals to get to get more money out of them, and it worked. And then he went with to the Cardinals for more money. That's a very rare thing. Um, but the actual answer is there has been a few guys in history who have done that. And what you can do is just 
you're really banking on yourself because if you're not that good of a player, a team would be like, what are you talking about? So Eli Manning did this, uh, Peyton Manning's little brother. Um, the Chargers picked him and he refused. His dad really was the one who refused to let him play for the Chargers because they were in a bad market. He thought they had a bad owner. And so they told the Chargers, if you pick us, he's not playing. So He's not going to play football at all or just not for them? He's not playing for them. So oh, what okay. they can do is they can draft him still. They can keep him on the team. And every time he doesn't show up to something, they fine him or they don't pay him. But he's still living out his contract. And in theory, he would just go two or three years and then just play for another team after that, which would be the stupidest thing ever for both sides because it's wasting his career. And the Chargers just picked the guy with the first pick and they don't get anything out of it. So they traded the pick to another team. So if you're a good enough player, they can kind of hold the team hostage. That's pretty ballsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But his brother, his brother was already in, so I think. And his dad played in the NFL too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he had a leg to stand on, maybe. Yeah, I think that, was, and he was really good. Like he was a really good quarterback, so that was part of it. Okay, I have another question, um, and it's circling back to our original comment that you said the draft was three or four days. Did you say three days or four days? It might be just three days now. So it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then is it like the first round is Thursday and second and then the third This is what round. they changed. They used to do make it longer. I can't remember because they changed it a few times since I've been a kid. And the draft is fun in the beginning as a football lover. But as soon as it gets going, it's like I have, I have friends who you asked earlier about statistics and stuff. I have a really good friend who we talk football all the time and he's all into that. He's, he's a lawyer. He's all into like the numbers side of it. And he watched it the whole draft. He's into the whole thing. After the first couple picks, you know, I usually like watching something else or watching basketball. What was your original question again? I can't even remember. No, you already answered it, but it leads me to my next question. So are there some kids to watch this year that, you know, everybody's betting on somebody's going to take them and they're, they're the, the players to get? The thing I would look for if you're watching the draft is when the quarterbacks are being taken. Mm-hmm. So there's about four or five quarterbacks. I'll say four quarterbacks that are being considered to be taken within the first like five picks um, because quarterback, again, is like so much and more important than every other position that they put more money into it. They put more stock into it. And if you draft a quarterback, you're pretty much saying like, hey, I'm out of the quarterback market for the next however many years, which is the most important market in sports is, is the quarterback market when a new guy becomes available. Like Aaron Rodgers this year, like might go to the Jets. There's a whole thing with that. That's like a whole big crazy story because a good quarterback becomes available kind of rarely. So you're putting a lot of stock into it. So the four quarterbacks that I would look for is the one might be obvious, which is going to be um, Stroud. CJ Stroud is his name from Ohio State. Um, so the Ohio State quarterback, he's probably going to go first. But some people believe that Alabama quarterback, whose name's Bryce Young, he might go first. So they're going to be the one-two. A lot of a lot of people believe they're the best two. They're the winningest two in college. They're also kind of small. And so there's these two other quarterbacks from the SEC, which is the best conference in uh, college football, that are huge, jacked, fast, but they didn't win a lot of games. They, their numbers aren't the best. So some teams think, oh, maybe it's, you know a team's going to jump and pick them at number one or pick them at number two. I don't think that's going to happen because they're not as good as, as football. They're just big and strong guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll still get picked in the first five, maybe first ten. And their names are Anthony Richardson from Florida, who broke every combine record for quarterbacks. He's faster, stronger, um, and more agile than every quarterback they've ever tested in there. Um, wow. So people want to pick him for that. But his his team didn't win a lot, and it, you know they won a good amount, but they you know he just wasn't as clutch like these other quarterbacks. They'll come and win the game last second, like they'll do these these t- things on TV. You know, then the Kentucky uh, same conference they had their quarterback his name's Will Levis, um, and he was a, he was a pre- in pretty good shape during the season, and then during the off season they started sharing pictures and his workouts, and he got 
absolutely huge. So he's the same thing where he's fast and strong and big and throw it really far. So that's kind of the risk you're taking is, am I picking the big, strong guy who can throw it really far? Or am I picking the smart, small guy who, if he gets hurt, he might break a collarbone. That's out right. half the season, right? right? right. So, what, what, you know, it's, that's the really hard part about the draft. Yeah. So, will these kids, once they get picked, they'll go on as third string quarterback? So, what happens is it, it totally matters on what team you get drafted to, to be honest, because some teams will draft a quarterback who already have a quarterback. So, like you said, makes sense. He goes right to third string, second string. And what the summer camp is for, you can keep 100 players on the team for summer camp. You have like up to four strings, maybe five strings. You just get as many as possible. They all test each other. Right, the coaches mm-hmm. watch. They all play. They keep the best, right? So, like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, obviously they're the best every year. So there's not much of a competition. Right. But then the other quarterbacks are fighting for the second and third spot because you get paid more if you're the second spot. You get paid more if you're the third spot. You get paid more if you make the team. So the fourth and fifth quarterback is, and again, the summer they probably have five, maybe four quarterbacks. Um, they're fighting to try to get to that third spot. And so what they'll do is they'll go in camp and they'll see how good are you. Right. And they'll actually, this is what's cool about football. If you're the first round pick, but you play bad, you're not going to play because again, football's dangerous. You're going to hurt your teammates. If you do the wrong thing, like if you run, if you run the wrong way, you could hurt somebody just because somebody thinks you're going to be somewhere else. So, okay. So Sorry. you had said that we had like these four quarterbacks coming in. How about other positions? Do we have any other just amazing players coming out of these college teams? Yeah. Um, so out of that same conference. So a lot of this, a lot of these guys, you'll, You'll see you'll be drafted from, from schools in the South. So you'll hear Alabama and Georgia, Louisiana State and, and Mississippi and teams like that. They have a lot of guys who are really good on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so there are two guys that come to, to my mind right now. One named Jalen Carter, who's from Georgia. They just won the entire thing. People thought the Bears might have were thinking about picking him with the first pick uh, in the draft, but they ended up trading it. So the Bears don't have that first pick anymore. He actually got in some trouble in the offseason. So some people think oh. that he might uh, he might drop down, which would be good for a lot of teams because he's a really good player. Yeah. Um, so there's him. But then there's another guy from Alabama University who, who my understanding, has no off-the-field type things named Will Anderson, who also plays on defense. So these are both defensive line guys around the that you have to go hit the big offensive lineman, go get the quarterback, um, which I would say is the second most valuable position in football is uh, the defensive line. The guys who can tackle the quarterback are, are paid the second most. Yeah, sure. And these guys won't, they're they're not going to draft kids and then switch their positions. Like these kids are coming in to serve a specific role. Pretty much. Now, sometimes guys do switch positions, but it's they don't switch position groups. Um, okay. What that means is for offensive line, there's actually three different positions. If you play offensive line, you play offensive line. Sometimes they'll put you on the end, which is called tackle. They'll put you in the middle called guard, or they'll put you directly in the middle, uh, which is called the center. Um, so they'll switch up that sometimes or on defensive line. Maybe you'll go you know, defensive tackle, which is in the middle, or defensive end, which is on the end. They'll switch that up a little bit. Um, but for the most part, no, guys, guys stay in their same position. Remind me again, who is the one that protects the quarterback from their blind side? That's the left That's guy. The left tackle. Yeah, yeah if, left you, tackle. if he's a righty. If the quarterbacks are righty, uh, right. sometimes there's lefty quarterbacks, so it'll be the right tackle. But yeah. Yeah, we learned about the left tackle um, in our Super Bowl episode. Mm-hmm. And they Got make it. a lot of money too. They make a lot of money. They do make a lot of money. Yes. Very yeah. important job. Here's what I don't get. So you have these guys coming in. So let's say you have these six guys that are the, the biggest stars of football. How do teams not just pick the best guy? And then you could just trade him later or sure. whatever. So some teams do 
that. Exactly that. They'll just pick the best player available, um, even if they already have that position covered. Some teams, like I, off the top of my head, the Patriots, who are very successful, they pick whatever they need. Um, and so they won't pick the best player available. They'll pick whatever they need. And then most teams, I'll say, do kind of both. Well, they'll do a, a ranking. And if this guy hits a certain number of ranking, like we're going to pick him no matter what. But at the same time, we're going to keep our needs in the back of our head. And so that's the kind of big trick that you're playing. So for example, the reason why teams don't just draft quarterbacks every year, like you said, is because number one, you want to have a bad draft pick every year in theory, because that means you had a good season. The other part of it is as soon as you draft somebody, it's just like buying a car, just like buying a boat, whatever it is. The second you trade for somebody, it's completely devalued. So we could do that. We could definitely do that. Draft this guy and trade Justin Fields. But Justin Fields is worth a lot more, at least in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinions than what we would possibly get for him later. Because trading is actually one of the hardest things to do in football because both teams have to completely agree. There's compensation issues like, hey, we're already paying this guy this much. How about you pay this percentage of a salary? There's so much that goes into it. That's crazy that even I don't even know. It's just like the business side of it. Agents lawyers so trading is really hard so teams if they can probably would not like to trade that's just more work for everybody right. yeah. um, so if they don't have to they would love to not the yeah. bears they struck gold with with justin fields they this is the luckiest and the best quarterback the bears have probably ever had in their history uh and so giving him up that quickly i think would be a, a pretty bad idea so to me they actually did what's perfect which is they actually got more draft picks in the future just a little bit lower, but still in the second and third round, which good players are still in there. And they got a really good player who's already a solid player from the Panthers, all just for this one first round pick. And then the person that they got, who did they get again when they did this trade? They got a receiver who, again, is really good. Um, uh-huh. His name is DJ Moore. Uh, okay. He's on the Panthers for the last four years. Um, and we just paid him a, lunch, a bunch of money, too, which was what he was looking for. So from all accounts, he's pretty happy. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. I was going to ask if you could just get traded and you were in their... And they have no clue that that was going to happen. That happens all the time. That probably oh. happened to him. He, he probably, because he's really good. So really good players don't always expect to get traded because they're good. Why would the team right. get rid of right. you? But the Panthers really need a new quarterback. And they were so far behind that they had to come and give give up some stuff to get this quarterback. Because they don't have a quarterback mm-hmm. on their team. Okay. And so the Panthers are getting the number one pick? So they have, as of right now, some people think they might trade it. So they can do that later if they want before the draft starts. But. I think they're going to keep it, yeah. Yeah, and then they'll for sure pull a quarterback. It looks like that, yeah. I'm kind of excited that we're going to have a good receiver, and we've got our QB going. I feel, I feel, I'm feeling a good vibe. So I'll say one more thing because you asked earlier about other players. I haven't mentioned any offensive skill guys yet who are not quarterbacks, but they catch the ball. Mm-hmm. And I'll just mention one. And there's this guy from Ohio State named Jackson Smith Najigba, um, which I can't quite oh say. Oh my gosh, that's a tough uh, and name. People actually, but he played with Justin Fields, um, and so we have the ninth pick. Some people think we might try to get him because he played with Justin Fields. And the last person I'll mention is this running back from Texas where they have this big, huge, strong running back that people also want the Bears to get. It's kind of common knowledge in the NFL that the later you can pick a running back, mm-hmm. the better. So if you pick, if a team picks a running back in the first round, that's kind of like a e- risky mm-hmm. play. So that's kind of something maybe you can look for in the first couple of rounds. And why is that? Running backs are kind of easy to find. There, There's a lot of guys that can do that job. It is a hard job. Um, and so they don't have to pay him as much money. 
it's they're replaceable. So do, are these teams when they're drafting, are they working? Do all teams have like the same budget? Do they then have to work within a specific budget? And they're like, well, sorry, dude, like we can't keep you. You're too expensive and we need to keep some other guys. And so does that come into play? Absolutely. I'll start with the the, the second, the last part of your question, which was, can you do you let guys go if, if they're paying them too much, which is yes. And so um, what happens is when you sign a contract, you pick a, a number of years. So part of the contract is, let's say, four years, I'm going to pay you $100 million over four years. So divided by four, that's what you get per year. Oh, my um, God. They'll also have all this crazy language in there, which is like, if you get this many catches, you, you do this much, you whatever, you get extra money. So they have extra bonuses on top of every freaking thing that you do. Yeah. What the NFL does to make it fair, because, for example, in baseball, you any team could pay as much money, whoever they want. There's no there's no salary cap, right? With, there's no budget. In the NFL, which is way smarter, in my opinion, they have a salary cap. Mm-hmm. You cannot pay more than however much million dollars to your whole roster. Okay. So at the end of the year, your roster salaries have to add up to below this number. Okay. So that's the tricky part where it's like, I've had this guy for three, for four years. He's filling out his contract. The guy comes in and like, all right, another, another contract. Let's do it. They look at the new draft kid who's not as good, but he's way younger. His knee yeah. still works. You know, yeah, he's going to be around for a lot him, longer. They'll let him go. The few players that, that you guys pretty much know of and the famous guys in the world, all these rules that I'm talking about, most of the stuff does not apply to them. Oh. <laughs> um, so, for example, it's not a matter of money uh, for any of these guys. They'll pay him whatever the heck they want because they want him. Patrick Mahomes, oh. Tom Brady, Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Now, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are older, so it's a little different. Is your quarterback going to be getting a huge chunk of the percentage of that total budget. Absolutely. So, and then, and then doesn't yeah. it make the other players mad? Like, why can't I'm not getting paid that much? Cause this clown here is getting half of our budget or whatever. <laughs> the players definitely don't look at the whole team budget. They don't care about that at all. What they do get annoyed like that, but not about like the quarterback, everybody on the team knows that he, he's worth that much. Like if they had to pick me or him, they're, they're picking him. No, nobody knows. Nobody thinks like, I hate Patrick Mahomes for getting paid this much. He's the best player in the NFL. What they will get that way towards is somebody who's at the same position as them, mm-hmm. who oh, they okay. think is not as good, who they think is getting preferential treatment, who is maybe buddy-buddy with whatever. And just like any other job, really, that'll happen. You know, yeah. for sure. Time yeah. to time. Right. What to look for maybe to bring up in conversation is if someone gets traded, right? So what I would look for is the trade. So they'll have the whole list of the draft. Um, you know, listed out the teams in order. And all of a sudden that's going to start changing. When that happens, whoever the teams are, that's a good insight to what that team's uh, idea and plan is strategy. Like you were asking earlier is for the future. So for example, if a team that does not have a quarterback draft, you know, trades all the way up, I would be looking at, all right, what, what quarterbacks are they looking at? What are they trying to do? Sometimes teams will trade up to hurt their rivals. Right. So it looks like the, you know, say the Bears and the Packers, it looks like the Packers are going to get this really good player. Bears don't want them that much, but they don't want the Packers to get them. So they're going to trade up to get that guy. There's going to be a lot of, that's the cool part of the draft is the strategic pieces that are changed. And then the players who are possibly traded during that as well. So two guys to look for Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson, who's the quarterback for the Ravens. He might get, he's really good and he might get traded during the draft because that's when all the, everything goes down. Oh, so those, but those, obviously those are existing players, but that yeah. is like the behind the scenes stuff. Exactly. So it'd be interesting because by the end of the night, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers have nothing to do with the draft. They might be on different teams. By the end of the night. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize that that's how it worked. Thanks for explaining Do teams it. ever draft a kid and then like later in the night be like, eh, we're going to trade him to this team. 
usually, and then the kid is like, oh, I started off on the Bears and now I'm on the Dolphins. Yeah, usually no. Usually by the time you draft someone, you kind of give them summer camp. So in the NFL, how it works is like summer camp is when you really realize, wow, this is a mess up or, or wow, this guy's really good because they show it then. There was this player that the Cowboys drafted years ago and this is before the season started. He hasn't played NFL. I didn't watch him in college. And during the summer camp, the whole team, they interviewed the team and they're like, this guy is so fast. He's so fast. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, they're saying that he broke the record for rookie sacks that year because everyone could tell everyone who plays the NFL, they know who's good. They know who's not good. The first day of camp, they put pads on. You can tell. So when they draft someone, they usually, I would say again, 99% of the time, give them at least summer camp to, to see what they have. Um, and then after that, you know, you never know. Usually again, they give them a whole year. Um, and then after the first year, it's again, it's all over the place. Do yeah. the kids skill set change a lot from college to when they go to that first summer camp? You know, so if they're a fast, hard player in college and they they go to the combine um, events and they've got all their stats and then they get to this summer camp, does it change that much? I would say the biggest jump. So when a player gets the best at football. I guess I can give you all three, just football in general. The biggest jump in high school is from sophomore to junior year. That's when you get better at football. If you don't get better at football during that year, you don't get bigger and stronger. It's not looking not looking good. In college, the biggest jump is from freshman to sophomore year, which is after one year of college. Yeah, second year, you know the playbook. Right. Football is the same exact thing. From rookie to your second year, these guys, everything like clicks. All of a sudden, they know so much more after one full year being a part of it because they go from football being a side thing, you know, being, you know, they have classes, they have other parts of their lives they're doing. Once you're in the NFL, it's your 100% full-time job. Mm-hmm. Like you don't miss practice. You don't miss stuff. You don't, you know, like we used to do sprints. So they don't do sprints at practice. They do it on their own. They, everyone gets in shape on their own. Then they come to practice and do the plays and do the strategy and scheme. In high school, we run the kids' sprints because they eat McDonald's after school. So. Right. <laughs> Interesting. But now these guys, you know, they're getting half a million dollars. They're doing the sprints they're on their own, everything. right? And they get paid more if they play better. So everyone's trying to get better. You know, like everyone is on the same page. So um, do they, when they're at the um, combines, do they give them tips? Are they talking about like, we need to see this kind of improvement before the draft and all that. You know what? I actually do think they do. do I've never been there. I've never actually heard heard a, a, a speech or a spiel from a, a player or a team. From my understanding, they do do that to some guys to kind of rattle them and kind of see like if, it, you know, not every player that they meet with is a top pick that they're going to, it's obvious choice, right? So they're going to kind of rattle them and see how they respond to questions to see how they react. And yeah, they'll, they'll say that to guys for sure. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we talked about when we did March Madness, we started talking a little bit about how these players are getting paid in college now. Are they seeing um, less kids wanting to get drafted because they want to stay in college and make money? And so they're coming into the draft maybe later than they would normally? That is a really good question, which a lot of people thought would happen. I would say that my overwhelming feeling is that anybody who is good enough to be in the next league should and does go to that next league. So it's very rare where somebody is good enough and they stay. Now there's definitely fringe guys who stay and make more money in college than they would have in the NFL. Cause if they tried, they wouldn't have made it. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably would make the right decision, but there are no big name guys. There's nobody who everyone watched the whole season and everyone's waiting to see what he does. If right. everyone can just kind of like, that's the, again, the cool thing about football. One of my old coaches used to say football is the great equalizer. There's no hiding. There's no, 
you can see truly who a person is and what they're capable of you know, on film and on everything. So are, are the kids that are the top six or whatever that you named, are they mostly seniors or are they uh, younger? I don't think any of them are actually. Oh, yeah, okay. Usually they're younger. Um, mm-hmm. Usually you can tell by it's like that sophomore year of college, junior year of college when a guy's it's like they're it's like almost even like biology, like their peak athleticism. I think 19, 20, 21 year old, year old or their peak. If you wait until you're 22, 23, you're kind of just wasting time. Yeah. And I guess you also run the chance of getting injured. So if you have a good season, Absolutely. you might as well go. Okay. Here's a question we may have to edit out. Oh, good. Is it going to be appropriate? Isn't it yes, appropriate it's very question? appropriate. So walking into this, all I know about was Jerry Maguire, Jerry Maguire oh, nice. and show me the money. Do you, have you seen that movie? Oh, I've seen it. Yes, I have. Oh, okay, good. Plenty of times. So, oh, okay, good. So there are agents obviously involved in all of this, even for the yep. college kids. Do they have agents? So this has all changed. The whole college NIL thing, the, what you were talking about with college players getting paid. Since this has happened, it seems like the top few kids will get agents earlier and earlier and earlier. So yes, nowadays, I would say there's a couple kids. I wouldn't say there's a kid on every team that has an agent, but I bet you there's a couple kids in the NCAA right now that have agent type guys. They're not, you know, these college kids who are making money, they're not making like they're making money, but not making NFL money. Not even right, close. Right, right, right. Um, they'll make enough to like, for, like buy a nice car and like have their friends out, you know, do fun stuff like that. But mm-hmm. definitely not, uh, definitely not like life changing money in terms of like generational. Right. So these kids, when they if they get drafted, they're not they're not signing a contract yet. They're just on the team probationary wise. I don't know exactly what they call it, um, but yes, they don't sign sign a contract until. They decide to. So until yeah. both sides have an agent, and they all come in and they sign a contract. Here's your rookie contract. There's usually not much wiggle room. So those contracts usually fly pretty fast. But every once in a while, there'll be a guy like the Bears had a guy a few years ago who plays a position that does not get paid very high, middle linebacker. But he was really good. So he wanted to get paid higher than the average middle linebacker rookie, which he hasn't played yet. Why should you? But the Bears ended up doing it because he was really good and oh. ended up kind of working out. So sometimes there is some negotiation actually like fighting between it. But most of the time, I'll say in a couple, a month from the draft, maybe those guys will start getting signed just because the summer camps can started yeah so if you let's say that you get onto a team you get drafted Correct, so yeah. then and then you get cut if nobody picks you up and then so you don't play football for a year then you you can't go back into the draft you're done you only go in there once so then you just have to see if somebody picks you up the following year correct guys will work out in the off seasons and nowadays it's like posting videos on instagram and stuff to show that they're working out yeah. Um, but what teams can do is a little side thing is that after the 52 guys on your team, you can sign, I believe, 16 players to a practice squad. Nice. They can't play in more than like two games the whole season. You're only allowed to dress 52 guys total. So if someone gets hurt. They can bring up a practice squad guy for a game or two. Yeah. But they, they go to practice. They're on the team. They go to practice every day. They have the same pads and helmet and cleats. Except when the game starts, they're wearing sweatpants on the sideline, not a whole uniform. Oh, that's I. You always see people, and I always assume they're like somebody's brother or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, so that's those are players, and so they'll keep oh. super young guys who maybe from a small college, and they'll keep them on the practice squad. Hey, maybe you can work it work up to, you know, the the, the varsity. Okay, I'm really obsessed about this idea of teams stealing other players, but I guess that's not really a thing. What the, the only times it does happen is when a really good player's contract is about to end, 
Oh. So then it ends, and then there's a whole like shopping spree, convincing, flying oh. out private jets, going to dinner with Aaron Rodgers and guys. But as soon as somebody kind of leans toward the team, everyone kind of messes, you know, oh, okay. buzzes off, and they just kind of figure out the contract. I feel like I've seen like the draft, um, like pieces of it, but you know, I never paid attention to it before. And I feel like it always took a really long time. Is it like a really long time, or is it my imagination? There's like a clock, and then they and then they announce it, like somebody comes on the stage or something. Absolutely. You got exactly right sometimes Something like that. again why i don't watch the whole thing a lot of the times because it gets boring because i like football i don't like a bunch of guys yeah talking. every team i have to remember now i think they'll ring a bell or whatever and then a clock will start a team the first pick it's three minutes okay. they get three full minutes to put in the pick because then i'll be like the pick is in the clock will stop and then someone will walk out to the stage and i'll say Detroit Lions pick, blah, blah, blah. Then everyone will clap and go crazy. They'll show him crying and his mom and all this stuff. Right. And he has like a great outfit on. They wear great yeah, outfits. Flashy, right? Yeah. yeah. Those are only the first round guys that go to the draft. Oh, After oh. the first round, it's all like TV camera or TV oh, cameras, yeah, at home. houses, right. yeah, and yeah. webcams and stuff. So. Oh, so these guys know, like, um, is there like a list that comes out where they rank them? So they don't rank them anymore. Once, once the combine is over, there's no more ranking because that's kind of the draft is kind of the ranking. Yeah. So what they do is they have like you know these are like tv producers and stuff probably oh, and they mm-hmm. all sit in the meeting room and say all right who do you want to invite so they invite the guys who they think will get picked at oh. the top. back to Aaron Rodgers in 2006 i think the 49ers where he's from california were supposed to draft him number two or number one or something and they drafted somebody else they drafted alex smith this guy who was not nearly as good mm. 22 picks went by <gasps> nobody picked aaron Rodgers. 22 and they're they're putting the camera on him you could look this up even see aaron Rodgers slips or falls in the draft he's all miserable he's looking at his phone his flip phone then all of a sudden the packers like trade up and go get him at 22 so he got mm. drafted after all that and it was kind of an embarrassing thing that happens to guys they're staring at their phone they're, they're thinking they're gonna get drafted yeah. Oh, wow. smart move on the Packers part, though. Yeah, yeah no, they absolutely. Didn't, yeah, they didn't look back after that. I think we've got a lot of good information. I think that I've learned more than I ever thought imaginable about the draft. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate. It. I hope it wasn't too much all, all at once. No, so it's never too much. Well done. Well done. I appreciate it. Yeah, I love talking football. So yeah, you know all the things. I'm super impressed for such a yeah. young guy, you know, yeah. to be so wise about football. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so. Um, Thank you again for coming to visit, Michael. We appreciate your time. We hope you have a great night. It was really, really nice meeting you. Great to meet you, Michael. Thanks so much. Yeah, Thank have you a great guys night. so much. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Professional. Athletes. Hi, everyone. We're back with a recap. Cindy, how was your interview? Great. Um, I love Michael's passion for all this stuff. And I was like a deer in headlights. And he was super patient. All of our guests have been super patient, which I just love. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I do think it's probably fun for him to teach other people about something he's so passionate about. I mean, when do you get a chance to just sit down yeah. and talk about something like that? You don't really get a chance to just talk to a blank slate. Yeah. So I have three pages worth of notes. I did. I went a little crazy yesterday. We know that this year the draft is happening in Kansas City. Yes. And then Michael did mention that in previous years, most of the drafts have been occurring in New York. Yes. Okay. So I want to do a brief history. So the first NFL draft was in 1936. Okay. Which is so long ago. So, so, So that's as long as we've had the National Football League. No. It's longer. 
the National Football League has been around longer. Okay. So the NFL draft was first thought up by a co-owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. His name was Burt Bell. And the reason he wanted the NFL draft to be around because he thought that it would give all of the teams with not as much money as some of these huge teams a more even playing field. Because before, all of these big teams with all of these big budgets could go and find the top, top players, and then they would obviously go play Yeah, they them. would recruit them. Right. And all of the teams without any money, they were kind of just shit out of luck, essentially. Yeah. So he suggested the NFL draft, and actually all of the league owners had a unanimous vote, and they all agreed. So then that following year, 1936, that was the first draft ever. Do you know how many teams there were at the beginning? I don't know how many teams, but I know that they were only there was only a pool of ninety people. Okay, so there was fewer, yes. much fewer teams. Yes. Okay. So there's no sports coverage, no combine, no stats. It's literally just ninety people, okay, that they're trying to pull from. I want to know how they even find these ninety people. I, that I don't know, but the Eagles did get the first pick, and they selected a Heisman Trophy winner from the University of Chicago. Oh, what? I know. But it's crazy because he turned them down and opted for a career as a foam rubber salesman because like, he would make more money doing a career as that than being a football player. Oh, my God. This this man, maybe he would still be alive. Could you imagine if he was like, oh, my God, look yeah. at what they're making nowadays. And that choice, like, wasn't that unusual. was like, unusual. Yeah. 24 out of the 81 players went to play in the NFL only. 24 wow. of 81. Wow. Everyone else decided, no, I'm going to go and do a, a real job, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> so he was right that many of the drafts took place in New York. In 2015 and 2016, it actually took place in Chicago. And since 2016, it has switched locations every single year. Okay. And then kind of similar to the Super Bowl, where they have to kind of pitch the locations, um, it's like that, so it can rotate. Yeah. Well, because it sounds like it's such a big event. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize that there were so many rounds in the NFL draft. I just, I actually thought that there would be more. Oh, really? I imagine that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people were getting picked. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Where were all they going to go? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I didn't realize that you only had 52 people on a team. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that you were allowed to have 100, but then you cut so many people. Yeah. So there are seven rounds, right? Yes. 32 teams. So each team gets one pick per round. And then where it gets dicey is we talked, you guys talked a lot about the trades. Yes. And it's also <laughs> so funny because I looked it up because I was just curious about like how many total picks were there when you guys were talking about it. And this year, there's actually only going to be 31 teams picking in the first round because the Miami Dolphins got in trouble and got their first round pick taken away from them. Whoa, what did they do? So they got in trouble because when Tom Brady was playing with the Patriots, actually, they got in trouble twice for the same thing. Tom Brady was playing with the Patriots in 2019, and they got in trouble because they were talking to him while he was still under his contract. Okay. And then again, in 2021, he was playing with the Buccaneers, and they talked to him again while he was under contract. So they essentially, <laughs> the NFL, took away their first round pick for the draft this year and their third round pick for next year. Wow. Yeah. Did they is he playing for them? No. Okay. He retired. Well, what did he think? He never he never played for them and he retired. So Oh my gosh. Worth nothing. But they get to do they get to Dolphins don't get to pick at all or they just lost their first they pick. They just lost their first okay. round pick. Okay, that's why. Yeah. Okay. 
so we did mention that Chicago did have the number one pick because we finished last in, <laughs> in last year's season, um, but they traded it to the Carolina Panthers, and the Carolina Panthers are in desperate need of a quarterback. Okay. Yeah, so... So they're going to take one of the four he talked yeah, about. Yeah, when I was doing research on the quarterbacks, um, the four that he done, he mentioned were the ones that were talked about a lot, but I did see that... Bryce Young, who is the quarterback from Alabama, is most likely to go as the first pick. A lot of people like him. They think that even though he is undersized, he's only 5'10", which wow. is okay. small yeah. for a quarterback, I think. Yeah. They just talked about his ability to see the field, his leadership qualities, just like yeah, put knowledge. him over the top. Okay. So we think he'll go first. And then is there been any talk about who the Bears are going to pull? Or not really, not no. for the second one. Yeah. Because they, it sounds like they won't take a quarterback. Yeah. So maybe they'll take... A receiver. One of, yeah, one of maybe the other guys that he mm-hmm. was talking about. So something that we didn't talk about is this idea called compensatory picks. Have you ever heard of that term before? Yeah, really? No. Neither have I. Okay. I also had to YouTube how to say that word because I didn't want to get it wrong. <laughs> okay. So essentially what happens is the people in the NFL, this big committee... They look at all of the NFL teams and they will give them additional picks in the NFL draft if they have lost a lot of like big players to free agency. Okay. Or if they have like coaching staff in new positions. So this year, 37 additional picks were given to 16 different teams. Yeah. So are they trying to level the field a little bit? Yes. So these picks go in the third and the seventh round. So it's not like, oh, you get players. all these picks, you get all of the top players. It's a big advantage to get to pick. All right. So that's interesting. So there will actually be more. Yeah. So the most picks this year um, are the Raiders and the Texans. They each get 12 instead of the seven. Okay. And then the least are the Dolphins and they only get four. They only get four. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I hope they were good last year because <laughs> things are not changing much right. for next year. Right. Actually, that, I guess, doesn't really 100% matter because they could do stuff with free agency. Mm-hmm. So if people mm-hmm. le- start letting go of right. their players, they could pick up people that mm-hmm. way. I actually might try to watch that show he was talking about where they... Oh, Hard Knocks? Into, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know that my husband and my son have watched it, and I've kind of heard it in the house, but... Um, I don't know if they do like current season. I'm guessing probably not, but that must be pretty interesting to just kind of see all the behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. So the oldest player ever drafted, do you want to guess? He was. He had to have been in college though, right? No. Oh, is this before that was the rule? I don't know. It okay. was in 2001. Oh, um, okay. Oh, because I guess you just have to have two years of yeah. college. Okay, so I'm going to say 26. 28. Oh, because I know that like 28 is like elderly. Yes. Gosh. Yeah, so his name was Chris. Uh-oh, spell it. W-E-I-N-K-E. Wink, wink, winky. 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 <laughs> yeah, he was 28 years old to the Carolina Panthers in 2001. Was he just out and about, like, working a real job, or was he in the military? You don't know the kind I don't of know. backstory? No. That's interesting. Um, the oldest quarterback ever drafted was all, was 27. I think his wow. name was Whedon. Oh. But the youngest player, do you want to guess the youngest player ever drafted? Well, if you have to do two years of college, that would be 20. So he must have been younger. I don't know how he pulled that off, but let's say 18. Yes. So his name was Amobi Okoye, and he was 18 years and 10 months old. He was drafted number 10. 
so in the second round, to the Houston Texans in 2007, and he is one of only two teenagers ever drafted. So did they make an exception for him? I don't really know because, right, we talked about in order to be eligible. Well, it says in order to be eligible, you must have been out of high school, right? Yeah. And you have to have used up your college eligibility, but you can petition, right? Oh, put in that you want to be eligible for the draft. So we probably did that. But you also need approval from the league. Like, they have to say yes. You there can. must have been some extenuating circumstances right. for that one. Notre Dame has the most football players ever to be selected to the draft. Wow. 522. Wow. Yeah. Um, but similar to when we talked about March Madness and all of the, like, top schools coming out of those Power Five conferences, when I looked recently, most of the top draft picks are coming out of those Power Five conferences. So, okay. again, that's the Big, to- Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, the SEC, and the ACC. Um, something that I had heard about that you guys talked about was the Combine. Yes. Right? And that's already taken place. Yes. That took place a while ago. Mm-hmm. And I think, isn't it just like drills, drills, drills kind of all day? Yeah. So, they can invite up to, so it's invite only, and they can invite up to 335 athletes to go to the Combine. Okay. It's a combination of drills. So there's like weightlifting, bench, vertical jump, the 40-yard dash, which I feel like is super popular. But then they also do lots of medical tests and history to get like full physicals and background checks on all of like um, the players. And then all of the teams can get 60, 50-minute interviews. 60, 50-minute interviews. So they can pick the people that they want to interview and spend some time with. But 15 minutes is not a lot of time to get to know someone at all. So I wonder, though, I mean, some of these, could some of these kids have 32 yeah. interviews? Because, you know, this kid coming out of, what, Alabama, the right. quarterback out of Ohio State, like, I'm assuming every single team mm-hmm. would want to talk to them. Yeah, unless they're not looking for a quarterback. a quarterback, right? And you don't want to waste any of your I guess that's true. interview slots. And then all of the NFL teams get to provide input on who they would like to see, which I think is cool. Interesting. Because, like, they're the ones at the end of the day that are trying to recruit these kids. Um, But it's also a committee made of different people that review every single eligible player and they vote yes or no if they're going to get into the these are kids that have said, yes, I would like to be eligible for the draft. Correct. So it's not everybody. Right. But... All of the people that are like, I'm going to join the draft or try to be drafted, they vote on every single person Wow! to get into the combine, yes or no. To get into the combine. Yes. And then if you go to the combine, do you automatically get to go to the draft? Yeah, I think that everyone that gets approved to be eligible to go to the draft is essentially can be drafted. Okay. Yeah. For the people that aren't invited to the combine he talked about pro day which i had no idea was a thing so this is a day where a lot of the schools and i guess any given day leading up to the draft in april there's like pro days so each school is not doing it on the same day yeah and it's just an opportunity for those people that aren't selected to the combine to get to kind of show their stuff okay also gives the coaches and the teams some opportunities to send coaches to these different schools and kind of get to know them a little bit better so they can do a more in-depth interview also i thought it was cool because they can run them through their own workout and like their own kind of drills so i've i saw that a lot of people will like for quarterbacks they'll be like this is the play and like explain all of it to them and then they wait and then they have the quarterback like re-explain it back to them to make sure that they understand and like who really knows 
kind of what's going on. And any school can do this, this pro day? I think so. And then you just kind of send out the invites and Mm -hmm. see who kind of comes? Mm -hmm. The salary. Yes. All about the money. I'm still a little confused about it, so I'm hoping you'll provide some clarification. Okay, so before we talk about what's going on currently, I looked up what the highest like signing bonus rookie contract salary was and it happened in 2010 so the number one overall pick was sam bradford he was from the university of oklahoma and his rookie contract i literally haven't even heard of him neither had i okay neither have I. do you want to guess how much his rookie contract was for well he threw out 20 million so it must be more than that or then that wouldn't be interesting so mm-hmm. i'm gonna say 32 million dollars 76 million dollars Wait a minute. How can you afford $76 million? I don't know. But his rookie contract was $76 million. That's not, is that, that's not just for one year? Is that for multiple years? No, I years? think it's like the four-year. Okay, so. But with the St. Louis Rams. I I haven't even heard of this person. Neither had I. And I guess he was kind of disappointing. So they spent a lot of money Oh, my God. I, do they have to still pay him, do you think? Well, he... Stopped playing in 2019 or 18. Okay. So he played for like nine seasons in the league, which is... Hey, you know what? I mean... Good for that dude. Got that bag. All right. So now there are restrictions on the rookie contracts, right? So we don't see numbers like $76 million. But last year, the number one pick was Trayvon Walker to the Jaguars. And his contract was for $6.8 million, just his like contract. Okay. And then his signing bonus. Oh, that was just his contract. Yeah. Okay. His signing bonus was $24.4 million. Wow. That's crazy. Over the, for over the four years, I think. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a mm-hmm. lot of money. Yeah. Something else that you guys talked about that I thought was funny is because since a lot of the current college players, like they could forfeit the rest of their eligibility um, and enter the draft early. We talked about how many of them like have college degrees and have graduated. But what I found was 46% of the NFL players have college degrees. So good. So which was more than I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah. So it sounds like some of them go back. And yeah. We'll kind I think of get they do degree. like continuing ed and they yeah. like try and finish it up. Yeah. Before. I mean, I would think so. I mean, these are good schools that these right. people are going to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going to these good institutions. You might as well get a degree right. when you come out. So this was super fun. I feel like I'm enlightened. My goal is to watch the first round. Thursday, then. Thursday. My mm-hmm. goal is to watch the first round or at least to... Pay attention. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, or at least look and see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then try and kind of follow along. I'll probably like follow the news. I do remember it kind of being on TV. I think it's just a lot of shenanigans yeah. and then a pick and then more shenanigans yeah. and then a pick. So, yeah. and then, you know, when the football season starts, we have upcoming episode on fantasy football. So, you know, I'm hoping some of these players come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just for everybody else, we have upcoming episodes on the NBA finals. That's going to be coming up soon. And we're hoping for Tour de France. Tour de France. Tour de France. Um, maybe F1. We'll have to see if we can get some NASCAR in there. I mean, talk about negative knowledge. Wait, F1 is not NASCAR. See? (laughs) I know they drive cars. NASCAR NASCAR is the one that's going to be in Austin. I just know that F1 is not NASCAR. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for joining us again as we continue building our knowledge of all things sports related. We are looking forward to seeing you again soon. Bye, guys. Thank you.
professional. Athletes.